have to adjust who I am as a leader and adapt myself. They don't have to adapt to me. I, as the leader, have a responsibility to adapt to them because I'm trying to create an environment where they're going to thrive. And so as a leader, when you understand this and you can meet them where they're at, take care of their needs, communicate in a way that works for them, you will be their most favorite boss ever. Welcome to The Clinical Entrepreneur, a business podcast that's dedicated to healthcare practitioners just like you who are hustling every day to build a business and a life you're proud of. Join me, Rhonda Nelson, as I share my own experiences and extract actionable advice from industry experts about what it takes to build and scale a profitable wellness practice. Welcome back to the Clinical Entrepreneur Podcast. I've got a topic today that might surprise you a little bit. I want to know if you would hire yourself or would you fire yourself? And here's why I'm asking. We've all had situations where we've worked for a crappy boss, right? We've all had that. We work for someone and they're just not nice. And, you know, whether they're just not your personality style or maybe they're just really not a nice human. We've all had that experience. And those are the kind of people that are never fun to work for. But my question to you is this, are you that person? Now, that boss who was maybe a jerk may not have even realized that he or she was a jerk, or maybe they realized it and didn't give a rat's rear end about it. I don't know. But are you that person without even realizing it? I think sometimes we can get so caught up in our own lane of, you know, working with patients and running the business and having a, you know, home and a family and paying the bills and all the things that we may overlook the fact that we may not be showing up the way that we need to for our team. And even if you're a solo practitioner, I would really encourage you if you're listening and you think, oh, well, this doesn't apply to me because I've just worked for myself. Listen, I'm going to give you 10 things that make up a good boss. Okay. 10 things that will help you be an amazing person to work for and or be married to or, you know, the parent you want to be, etc. So what I want to do is go over these 10 with you. But first of all, I want you to really listen, whether you're a solo practitioner or whether you already have a staff, listen through the ears of how can I improve how I'm showing up in the world. Last week's podcast, I was talking about how I went from grumpy to grateful. And this sort of falls in line with that. Like I've been thinking about how I was showing up being just fussy all the time, how I was showing up. And I thought, oh, I think this has probably had somewhat of an impact on my team. And I don't want that to happen. That's not who I want to be. And I don't think it's who you want to be either. So here are the 10 things that make an exceptional leader. Are you ready? Are you up for this? Here we go. Number one, honesty. You have to be honest. If there's something going on between you and your spouse, you and your kids, you and a staff member, just be honest. Because if you can't be honest, there's no trust. And if you can't build trust with the people that you work with, especially, they're not going to stick around. They don't want to be with you because they can't trust what you say. So honesty and trust, in my opinion, they kind of go hand in hand. When you're honest, it builds trust. So tell the truth. If there's something going on that you're not liking or that you want to be different, just be honest. Brene Brown says it best. I quote this all the time. She says, clear is kind. And if you've never read or heard 
any of Brene, B as in boy, R-E-N-E, Brene, like Rene, except with a B, Brene Brown. If you've never listened to any of her work, she just does a remarkable job about helping us realize how we show up in the world, how we have responsibility for how we show up, and how to be a better version of ourselves when we show up. And one of the things she says is clear is kind. Sometimes I am guilty of this. I will beat around the bush because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But clear is kind. And when you just have the conversation, be clear, be kind, it builds trust and it also builds respect. So there's number one, honesty, trust. Number two, you want to be able to have the ability to mentor, guide, and lead. So you want to be able to show up at work and be that person that's going to help your employees, your staff, your team members succeed. Provide them with the resources that they need to do their job well. If you're asking someone to schedule appointments for you and your computer is broken half the time, that's kind of not going to work, right? Give them the resources. We need the tools. We need the things that are going to help your staff succeed. And then give them the training, the resources, and the mentoring from you. They look up to you. You're the leader. You're the boss. You're the clinician. They look up to you. So be a mentor, be kind leader, show up and help them succeed in the role that you've assigned them to or that they're working in. Number three, you have to have the ability to motivate. It's very unkind to show up and say, I need you to do this, 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 and this. File these things, do this, clean this office, blah, blah, blah. Yes, those are all things that all have to be done. However, It's the tone in which you deliver it. If you come in and you're just bossing and barking orders around, that's not good. The role that we want to play as good leaders is we want to motivate. We want to motivate our team, our group of people that work with us, work for us. We want to inspire them to be productive, to have an outcome. Like, how are we going to reach, you know, 10 new people this week? We've got 10 people out there that have health challenges and they're struggling. They're moms that don't have enough energy to play with their kids or they're some menopausal woman and she's really struggling because she's not sleeping well at night because the hot flashes are keeping up. What can we do collectively? How do we reach those people? There are 10 people who need what we do. How do we reach them? Do you see how that's so motivational and inspirational? And then your staff is like, oh, well, I don't know. What if we tried this? And what if we tried this? It helps you be able to bring them in to the creativity in the practice. You're motivating them and everybody's working towards the same goal at the end of the day. So number three, you really want to have the ability to motivate and inspire. Number four, you got to have a little bit of EQ. You know what that means? Emotional intelligence. They say that of all the employees that have been reviewed, that having a boss or a leader that has a high EQ or emotional quotient or emotional intelligence is one of the most important traits of a good boss. As a boss, you really need to be able to discern between your own personal beliefs and the thoughts and beliefs of others when it comes to leading. So for instance, I am a baby boomer. I'm at the tail end of the baby boomers, but I'm nonetheless a a baby boomer. I have a very different outlook on life compared to a Gen X or a millennial. Very, very different. My kids, the baby boomers, they have yet even a different perspective. 
I have to have enough emotional intelligence to recognize that not everybody's going to view the world like I did. And the kids that have come through COVID-19 and the lockdowns and all the things that happened, which all of us are like, whatever, whatever that whole mess was, we could have a whole nother conversation about that. But those kids are going to have a completely different perspective on life when they went through elementary school, middle school, high school, even college, having to mask up and you know, be separate and have distancing and contact tracing, all the things. They're going to have a different perspective than I did. I grew up in the day when my mom, she just let us all out. We went and played all day, ran around in the woods. Nobody knew where we were. We just had to be home by dark or home by dinner time. And if she yelled, we'd hear her and we'd come running. We wouldn't come home all day. Now we would never let our kids do that ever. So it's just a completely different generation. So having that good emotional EQ allows you to put your own personal beliefs aside, like what my perspective on life is, and understand it from someone else's perspective, and then help to motivate them, inspire them, lead them, be honest with them, and be a good leader. So that emotional intelligence is really important. Number five, I kind of talked about it along with number one, and that is trust. So your staff, they have to trust that you have their best interest at heart that you're not going to ask them to do anything illegal, that you're not going to ask them to lie to a patient or make up a story or whatever. They have to know in their core that the decisions that you make as a leader are in their best interest and that you're going to be honest. Those two things kind of go together. Number six, a good boss has a willingness to provide open and honest feedback. This kind of ties back to number one. But you can be honest as a person, but maybe the communication part of being honest and giving good feedback is not as easy for you. Listen, none of us like to deliver bad news to somebody or to sell someone that they're fired or to do a review with an employee who's just not cutting it. And you have to like lay out, you know, a plan for growth. Like, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I need to see. Let's make a plan on how we can get you there. But that ability to provide that kind of feedback is invaluable for people. Think about you as an employee. Okay, right now you own the business, right? Let's think about it. If someone else owned your business and you were an employee and you're just cruising along, cruising along, thinking that you're doing all the right things and no one's giving you feedback and all of a sudden one day your boss shows up and goes, you are doing X wrong and that, 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 and they just start reading it all out to you. And you're like, What? What just happened? I've been doing my thing. I've been doing what I thought I was supposed to do. No one told me. I'm so sorry. That's what we do to our staff when we don't give them honest feedback. They want the honest feedback. We're usually the ones that don't want to give it because we either don't have time or we don't want to hurt their feelings or we don't know how to say it or whatever. Those are some of the things that get in my head. Like I think, well, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings and maybe I'm not going to say it right. And then they're going to get hurt. And then they're going to cry. And then like that stuff starts to show up for me. And I just have to go, no, if I love them and I care about them, I care enough to give them honest feedback and to help them move from where they are to where they need to be in order to be successful as an employee or as part of the team. Number seven, kind of goes along with like, you know, motivation, but we need to inspire them. A boss, a leader who inspires their employees to be the best version of themselves. That's what we want to do. So if you have a team member, somebody on your staff that says, listen, I've always wanted to own my own bakery. And you think, who would want to do that? But okay, That's fine. 
your next response is, how can I help you get there? I know that's going to stick like dry, sticky in your throat. I don't know. That's not going to feel good for you to think that. But your job is to help them live their best life. You want to find the things that they want to do, the things that they are aspire to become or the things that they want to be. And then do what you can to help them. Maybe you set up some kind of a savings program with your bank and you say, listen, we can take some of your paycheck and we can set it aside for you and then you don't have to worry about it and you can start building a nest egg to be able to buy or start your business. Like you want to get on their train, inspire them to live their best life, whatever that looks like, because the truth be told, it's not very often that you're going to hire somebody and they're going to stay with you for 35 years. Like I know some practitioners where they actually have had people that have stayed that long, but you know, it's a general rule that doesn't happen. You know, they'll stay with you for a little while and then they're going to go on and have babies, do their family thing, you know, start a bakery, whatever it is. Our job is to really support them and help them reach their goals by inspiring them and motivating and helping them, whatever we need to do to help them be successful in their own life. Number eight, self-awareness. This is where I think a lot of times we get caught. We are so busy doing the do. That's what I always call it. We are so busy doing the do that we often don't stop long enough to get clear about how we're being with them. It might be that I'm just like sending off quick emails to somebody and I am not being pleasant. I'm not being mean, but there's no fluff because I'm busy. And I had an employee years ago who said to me, you sometimes throw so many fastballs at us that we can't catch them. And we feel like we're getting hit all the time. And that wasn't very good feedback. (laughs) I didn't like it because it was never my intention to do that. But I was not aware that I was just saying, okay, we need to do this. Now we need to do this. Now we need to do this. And I was just like throwing fastballs at them and they didn't have enough mitts, hands, or, you know, hand-eye coordination to even catch all of that. And I just wasn't even aware. So some people on your team might need a little bit slower pitch. Some people might be able to handle all the fastballs, but some people, they just need a slower pitch. Or you need to say, hey, listen, all right, the next pitch is going to be about this. Are you ready? And they go, okay, yep, I'm ready now, go. And then you can lob the pitch to them. So being self-aware, not only of yourself, but how the rest of your team works is essential. And again, I'm talking about this as it has to do with your employees, but all of these principles work, whether you're dealing with a friend, a spouse, your kids, a work relationship, all of these are gonna be relevant in every one of those situations. All right, number nine, we're almost done. Number nine. You have to have a willingness to learn what they need. What do your employees need? What does your spouse need? What do your kids need? We all have needs. Based on how we're wired, what your love language, your communication preference. And what we tend to do is we tend to think that they need the same thing we need. So my love language is communication words. If you will just sit down and if I can just have a conversation with you, my tank is so full. My tank is so full. That's probably why I love teaching because I love using my words to inspire and motivate and help people do whatever it is better. So for me, if I just talk, 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 talk to someone who maybe their love language is maybe acts of service and maybe they don't do well with all the talk, talk, talking, 
I have to adjust who I am as a leader and adapt myself. They don't have to adapt to me. I, as the leader, have a responsibility to adapt to them because I'm trying to create an environment where they're going to thrive. And so as a leader, when you understand this and you can meet them where they're at, take care of their needs, communicate in a way that works for them, you will be their most favorite boss ever. And lastly, this is number 10, but I don't know, might need to be number one, compassion. I think as a leader, we have to be compassionate. Life happens. Life happens. Life happens to your employees. Life happens to your spouse who had a really bad day and you come home, you know, and you're just going to walk in and like the house is going to be great and kids are going to be great and everything's fine and everything is not fine. We need to have grace and compassion that people have lives. They have pain. They have family that doesn't, you know, maybe not doing well. Like, you know, I know someone right now that's out with a loved one who's dying, going to be, you know, passing on to the next life within the next 24 to 48 hours. And that's hard. Those are hard life things. When we have compassion for the people that are around us, it helps them that law of reciprocity comes back. And so when we're compassionate, they have compassion back. And then when we blow it and we're like, oh, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. I didn't mean to make you feel bad. I didn't mean to run over the top of you or to be insensitive, whatever it is, they then have the ability to be compassionate back because we've extended that grace and compassion to them. So their lives go on beyond your business. Newsflash, right? They have their things that they love to do. It's not always about us, but from our perspective, our whole life is, you know, we've got the people that we serve, the patients that we're taking care of. We're trying to learn and grow and expand our knowledge. And we're trying to run the business and pay the bills and keep up on the taxes and then take care of the people and then be a good dad and a good husband and a good wife and all the things. It's all the same for us. It all kind of lumps into one big thing. You can't separate yourself out from your business, but they can. They go home and they have a life. And so it's not okay that we expect them, their lives to revolve around us, like to be available after hours for, you know, well, can you do this tomorrow? Or did you do this? No, 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 no. Compassion is allowing there to be that line, giving them the grace to live their life the way that they want to live it. But then you being able to show up and be that leader, that really amazing boss that makes your employees say, are you kidding me? I will never work for anybody else because... He or she is so flippin' amazing to work for. That's what you want them to say about you. So I hope this was helpful for you. Even if you're a solo practitioner, which many of my listeners are, even if you are, it's okay because these are the principles that will still apply to you in your everyday life with your kids, your friends, and people that you know. So anyway, there you go. There are my top tips for how to be an amazing boss that you would never fire. So as I started out the episode saying, would you fire yourself? Are you being a butthead into your team? Are you being a not so nice leader? Then maybe you want to listen to this podcast again. (laughs) You got a little work to do, friend. We got to up your game. We got to make you so that you are a great leader. Compassion for your patients. Like all these things, same thing with your patients. Like they're paying you money to be there, but you have to listen. You have to have honest communication. See how all of these things, they all apply to all these different aspects of our lives. So that's what I've got for you today. Before I let you go, do not forget if you're not on the functional blood chemistry wait list, you are going to want to be. Registration opens next week on the 10th 
if you're not on the wait list, but if you are on the wait list, you're gonna get access a couple days early to make sure that you get a spot we do fill up and we only have a certain number of resources available. It's all we have. We printed them all and when they're gone, they're gone. That's it. So registration opens next week. So get on that wait list. Go to rondanelson.com forward slash FBC for functional blood chemistry. Get on the wait list. You're going to get all kinds of amazing resources. We've been sending them out every single week for a couple months. And you're going to have access to all of them. And they're all going to help you implement, incorporate functional blood chemistry in your practice even better. All right, friend, take care. I'll see you back next week on the Clinical Entrepreneur Podcast. Mm-hmm.